Hello, my name is Timid DM Jen. That's DJI double N. Just call me Jen, it's easier. Welcome to the first episode of Timid Tabletop, a podcast focused to help new and passive players build their confidence. I will use my own experience with D&D to hopefully guide you outside of your comfort zone in a good way. The main topic of this episode is how to start. Tabletop RPGs are social games, even if it's a simple one-on-one game. Having a game master and one player, in my opinion, is an ideal start for shy people who are new to the game. Maybe you have a friend that has been telling you about it, but you have been hesitant to play? This is a common scenario, so let's start there. Now, everyone is different, different play styles and different learning styles. If you learn best by reading, I would advise you to take a look at dndbeyond.com. That's spelt D, N as in Nancy, D, beyond.com. I will put the URL in the episode's description. Go to Sources, and then Basic Rules. This is where you can get an idea of the game before you play. Obviously, this is only for D&D. I will add some other websites I found for other tabletops I know of. There are also many other RPGs out there, most I am sure I have never heard of. I am not sure what they have available on their websites for you to get an idea before buying the books or files. But I do believe that reading a bit of the material before going all-in and purchasing is a great way to begin learning any RPG. Now, don't be overwhelmed by the amount of info or the rules. You should use this as a guide to help you understand the game. Also, if reading isn't the way you learn best, there are certainly other ways, like hands-on. So let's go back to the common scenario of a friend introducing you. A lot of players, DMs or in other games, GMs, will be enthusiastic to get you involved. DM is short for Dungeon Master, and GM is Game Master. Even with less outgoing people, such as myself, most people in the community that I have met will eagerly help you into the game. As I mentioned, I think a one-on-one is the best way to ease into it. So let's say you told your friend yes, or maybe, when they proposed the idea of playing. Before you play, you should let them know you are a bit anxious if they don't already know. There's nothing wrong with having anxiety, especially when encountering something you have no experience with. Request their help in creating a character, and maybe a quick rundown of the mechanics. Now, certain classes, such as a sorcerer, might be a bit challenging for a beginner. There's nothing wrong with choosing them, but there is a lot to remember when you become a higher level. Ask your friend to help you pick a class that might be suited to you. You can find what might best work for you by answering just a few questions. When you are faced with an enemy, would you prefer to be as far away as possible from them? Maybe you would enjoy being close and personal. Perhaps you don't want to fight, but focus more on helping your friends in the game. This could be your preferred playstyle. I believe it is easier to get used to a game if you can grasp onto something familiar. That doesn't mean you can't do something different. I won't go off on a tangent here, but one of my favorite characters I have so far is a rogue. He is exceptionally sneaky and acrobatic. I have played rogues a lot in many different types of video games, which made playing him a lot easier. One of the things to remember early on is to ask questions. You can't learn something if you don't understand, and if you don't understand, you probably won't have fun. This doesn't mean you have to understand everything top to bottom, front to back. I don't. So, what if the person isn't a close friend? Or maybe you are intimidated by asking questions. 
One quick cheat way I know to get around this is the internet. Pull up that search bar and sometimes the results will help you. Other times it can make you ask more questions. The best tip I have for this is text. If you use messengers, discord, text message, or even email, doing it through text gives you the option to get your message across with less stress. If you are here because you heard me on the DMs block, for example, I will tell you the first email I sent them took me about four days. That's right, four whole days, writing and reading, deleting, thinking, deleting, you get the point. Texts give you the option to build up the courage to hit that send button. The option to read your words and be sure your message is written the way you want. It's not easy at first, but it will get easier with each reply. The first step is always the hardest. Now what if your interest in tabletop isn't from a friend? Maybe none of your friends play. First, that's unfortunate. We'll work on that later. Second, if you haven't already, D&D Beyond. Those basic rules will help give you that idea. Not to mention exploring other areas of the site can be beneficial. It is pouring with information. Another thing you can do is go to a book or game store where they sell copies of like the player's handbook or whatever book for the tabletop you want. Sit down and take a look. I did the same quite some time ago, just got tired of standing and plopped myself in an empty aisle, looked through the book reading bits here and there, looking at everything I could absorb before anyone else came into the aisle. Another thing you could do, only if you don't mind the volume, both noise and people not to mention social interaction. While at your local game store, find out if they have a set day and time where people gather to play D&D or other tabletop games. These are typically set by the store, so they may have it listed somewhere. Go when that is happening. I suggest going before that time. I don't do so well with lots of people myself, and when it's too loud it can make me nervous. There are a lot of people in the tabletop community that will happily get you involved. If you go early, you might find some people preparing for a game. If you have the guts, you can talk to them. Tell them you are interested in playing. Ask if you can sit in on their game for a bit, as long as everyone is okay with it. Some might instantly offer help, exchange contact info, or try to have you join right then and there. This is not something for the extremely socially shy to take on. This is for the most courageous who are ready to push aside their anxiety to embrace this game. Just remember the difference between stepping outside of your comfort zone and being uncomfortable. If you start to become overwhelmed, you can always step away, maybe outside and take some deep breaths to collect yourself. Now most of the games I have played have been online, using a variety of tools. In-person games, however, can be more expressive. Everyone has their preferences. So let's look at a different option that may cause you a bit less stress. Go to a website called gamersplane.com. Again, the link will be in this description. I have looked at it myself, but I have yet to join as I have other games. This is what's called a play-by-post website, which makes it a slow game, but it's perfect for a first-time timid player. So what is play-by-post? It simply means that everyone typically will take their time to respond to something that happens, posting a specified number of times a week. It makes a slower back and forth, but it allows time to decide on actions and reactions. They have several different tabletops that are played and rules for each. 
be sure to read their descriptions before joining. Now it's time to move on to some tips for the timid. This is probably going to seem like cheating, but this tip is to check out some podcasts. I am going to name three. All of these are from the Block Party Podcast Network. The first one I suggest for new players is called Detentions and Dragons. It's two teachers that use D&D in the classroom and also outside in like D&D clubs. They break things down in an easy-to-follow way. This might be because of the whole teacher thing. Although their aim is to help teachers taking on the role of DM, they explain a lot of different things about the game, including mechanics. The next one, honestly my favorite, is the DM's blog. I find this one to be informative and imagination sparking, in many ways. Although their focus is helping DMs, especially when it comes to creating their own worlds, I do think it is useful for players as well. Now, the last one is Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, and I will give you this one with a warning label, especially the beginning episodes. This is a father with his two daughters, and another adult player as well at times. The girls are young. They can be loud and excitable. Headphones beware. They are, however, a real play podcast, meaning they play the game and you go along with them on the adventure. So you can follow their path and learn along the way. Another thing that they do in their podcast is they have um, out of the dungeon bonus episodes where they actually go over the girls' character sheets and you can see where this would be helpful for new people. Now, I have listened to several other podcasts as well, roleplay specifically, and it has also helped me have a better understanding of some of the rules as I see them in action. Imagine some air quotes around that C. Although some of these podcasts are what is known as homebrew, a lot of the mechanics used are the same. So let's slide down to our wish segment, where I'll do my best to answer what you wish without the tricks. As this is the first episode, I will answer the question I might have just created for some of you. What is homebrew? Let me first say that I am unsure what it may be called in other tabletops or if it exists. First, let me explain modules or adventures. These are written and published material that are typically purchased to run a game. A module can act like a script, helping the DM along the way. They tell you about the world, its backgrounds, its conflicts, and a lot of other details, including NPCs. An NPC is a non-player character, which is pretty much any character in the game that's played by the DM. Now, the players have their own characters that are called PCs or player characters, and obviously those are played by them. So homebrew means that the world, its background, and or conflicts were created by the DM. This could be made by the DM running the game or even someone else. It means that it is literally brewed at home. All of this could include special enemies, weapons, even races. It could also exclude some of the things as the designer sets about creating this fictional world. Uh, like I said before, the DM's block talks a lot about homebrew and helps people create their worlds. Homebrew isn't a bad thing at all for a first game. Homebrew is, however, often used when it comes to more experienced players because they are familiar with creatures and having a homebrew world, they can't always predict what's going to happen 
because they're unfamiliar with it. Another question some people might have is character sheets. Uh, character sheets is pretty much your character in and out, their abilities, everything they can do. Uh, this includes their equipment, their backgrounds, everything like that. Now, one of the things that I have always used for character sheets ever since I started playing is D&D Beyond. This actually helps walk you through creating a character. Now, when I first start with D&D Beyond character creation, it gives me the option of showing text, which is, as it says, ideal for beginners. You can also give a quick build or randomize. Now, honestly, I think the best approach would be the standard method, which helps you go step by step. In my opinion, this helps you get used to the character that you will be playing. So I do think it is best to actually go through all of this with the person that would be running your game or your friend to help get used to the idea of creating a character. Creating a character here is obviously different than creating a character in your standard video game. There isn't usually as many options and compared to video games, and this actually is more focused on roleplay, which means you should take into account how you want your character to interact. When I go about creating a new character, I decide first on the actual personality of that character. So if I want to play a shy, withdrawn character, I focus on that personality and think who might have that personality. So I look at things such as races. I'm pretty sure what they call a Goliath, who is a very big person, it would be amusing to have them be the shy person. However, it usually wouldn't fit very well. So instead, I created a gnome, a rock gnome specifically, since there are variants. And he is not the most outgoing person. And that's how I build any of my characters. I focus on that personality and how I intend to roleplay them and see where that takes me. Who do I think would fit best with that personality? Then I'll move on to what type of class I believe that this person would fit best or would make sense for them. A barbarian as a class wouldn't make sense for this shy gnome that I would be creating. Other people probably have different ways of how they create their character and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with how you go about creating your character. It has at least been my personal experience that the DM will definitely help in aspects such as character creation. This brings us to the end of the first episode of Timid Tabletop. I'd like to thank you for joining me. But if you do need some practice on hitting that send button, you can find me on Twitter at DMGen or take your time on an email to timiddmgen at gmail.com. Both are spelled D-J-I-N-N. -N. 
If you ask a question, please let me know if you would like it read on the air and whether you want to be mentioned. Until next time, best wishes and stay confident.